With cybersecurity becoming more complex and the threats even more dangerous, knowing what to do to protect yourself can seem like an impossible task. That is until now. Welcome to the Cyberbytes podcast, where we help you filter through the noise one bite at a time. Well, good morning, almost early afternoon. This is Nick Sturgeon, your host. We are back for another episode of the Cyberbytes podcast. Now, I'm feeling a lot relaxed. Was on vacation last week, went down to Florida, got out of Indiana for a little bit, got away from these four walls that is Command Central, and just relaxed the beach some nice weather for the most part a little bit of humidity at the beginning of the week but really it was nice got to spend time with part of my family and you know just enjoyed it enjoyed the week off also and I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast here recently or at all but I started grad school back up going for a PhD had a final that was due earlier in the week. So I did spend some time working on that final. It was a paper in IEEE format on some comparison of analyses that were completed by yours truly on a couple of different predictive analytic models. Really, really cool, fascinating stuff. If you're a a geek and into IT and data analytics, Maybe not for those of you who aren't, but it was was able to get some of that done, spend some time, get out of Indiana, go to Florida. It was, it was really, really needed. It had been a long time since I've had a full week off from work and was able to just kind of relax and, and go at the pace that I wanted. So anyway, welcome back. Um, I'm hoping here to get the audio of the interview that I did before I went on vacation with the lovely and just awesomest person out there, Miss Terry Stacy from WIBC, who does the weekend show the first day. It's on Sundays. Uh, and that aired while I was out of town, so I wasn't able to do the recording of it off of the website as it was going. Because I was honestly just enjoying my myself and my family. So anyway, I'm hoping to get that. We'll put that out as a bonus episode. But we talked about National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Just what you could do to protect yourself, your family, at work, and school. Really great conversation. Just super appreciative of Terry for allowing me to come back on her show. It's always a great conversation. She is absolutely wonderful. Really, for those of you who haven't heard the story, I'll go ahead and retell it. This was a couple of years ago. I was at the St. Chris Summer Fest and was taking my youngest daughter with her friend, and we were just letting them do rides, and here she comes. I recognized her. Um, IBC is the big talk show radio station here in central Indiana. It's a station I listen to pretty regularly. It was daily before the pandemic going into to work and all that. Still listen to it a couple of times a day. Uh, 
throughout and and sporadically uh, throughout the the week but uh, recognized her said hi just got to talking with her she you know asked what i did and all that she's like hey can would you mind coming on the show at, at some point so i said absolutely so exchange numbers she called me like two weeks later did my first interview and now i've like done well i think this was the third or fourth time i've been on her show it's just great just being on and, and being able to talk cybersecurity awareness and hygiene and all that good stuff but again as soon as i get that recording i'll put it out as a bonus episode i hope you guys are being cyber safe also being just safe from this pandemic, the, the COVID that is out there and dominating our lives at this point. But I, really what I wanted to take some time out, and it may not even go 30 minutes today, but I, I really wanted to take some time to talk about this announcement that came out from the FBI or it in the last day or so, I think the, the post here that I have from the ABC.net out of Australia, it's always good to get a, a different perspective from our news coming out from an, another country. But the FBI announced some interference <laughs> from Russia and Iran. And, and they have some evidence to that. And there's a video here uh, that I'm going to play here in, in just a little bit about, from the press conference. But we have talked on this program a number of times about the interference from foreign actors into our election. Now, the, the entire 2016 election aftermath has been Russia, 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 and all of the the kind of blow ups and outs and and everything else, or however you want to describe it, from the circus that is our U.S. Congress and the debacle of the Steele dossier and all that stuff. I mean, there's just been a ton of really and from this show's perspective, some <laughs> content to, to really keep you busy. But it should not come as a surprise that foreign actors and those that are either friendly or not so friendly to us have their own goals and their own things that they're wanting to do. And depending on who is the head of our country could favor that position or it could cause problems for that position. So, naturally, and we in here, I just want to make sure, and I've said this before, we do this too. We interfere in other countries' elections. The entire Afghanistan, Iraq, all of that has been one big uh, interference in, their, in, in another country's p- way of life and political system. So we do it all the time. So it should not come as a shock when it happens to us. Now, I'm not condoning it either way. I don't think we should be interfering with other countries and their elections and their governments and and all that. And I I don't think it should be done to us. But when you're looking at this, it's kind of a tit-for-tat thing. We do it to them. They do it to us. We do it to them. And it's just back and forth and yada, yada, yada. But 
we in the the national media, the mainstream media, and even some of our political figures want to act like this is such a shock and you know, really kind of grandstand on the complete horrors of this other country interfering with our elections. Like, how dare they? We're the United States. Yeah, when you do it to others, you can expect to have it done back. This is part of the geopolitical process, uh, like it or not. When you interfere, interference is going to happen back. But it really does have a an effect on us as individuals. Now, I I will agree that local politics is has the most direct impact to our lives. So that's why we really need as individuals to focus on making sure that our school boards and and mayors and city councils, town councils, and county councils are basically we vote the people in who are going to make the most positive impact and keep from the most detrimental impact from happening. But these what happens at the state still has an impact on us. Taxes and other regulations and, and all that good stuff. And the same thing at the federal government. It's just much harder for you and I at the individual level to influence what happens at the federal level. A lot more people involved. And, and then vice versa. So there's some things that have some pretty big impacts on us at the federal level, especially when it comes to, to taxes and other infringements on our constitutional rights. But it, it just, there is just that, it kind of, again, it goes kind of both ways on the amount of influence. But when we have these foreign actors and those who are hostile to us and our way of life, it, it you know, that's where, you know, we really have to be careful on, you know, who we put in and, and how, who is elected, how that affects the, the grand scheme of things. But like I said, getting back to the article, uh, and again, looking at from the ABC News out of um, Australia, which do have from have some listeners uh, from the land down under, and I appreciate those of you who are listening from Australia. But the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigations has announced Iran and Russia have taken, quote-unquote, specific actions to influence the 2020 U.S. elections. In a rare, a rare and hastily called evening briefing, just 13 days out from the 2020 U.S. elections, the FBI said Iran and Russia had obtained voter registration information. Quote, we have confirmed that some voter registration information has been obtained by Iran and separately by Russia, U.S. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said. And I'll, I'll play um, portions of the news conference here in a second. So here's the thing. Voter data or voter registration data, and, and at least in my opinion, I mean, it's bad that they have it because it's it, it contains personally identifiable data, or PII, which is data about you. And that data can be used to create social engineering campaigns. It can be used in social media. It can also be used for phishing and, and other things like that. But there is a, or, or even identity theft, potentially. But there's a big difference between the, the getting voter registration data and then changing voter tallies. Still bad that they have it. 
not trying to downplay that at all, but we do have to keep it in perspective. We do have to look at this thing in, in these type of events with a rational understanding and not an emotional knee-jerk reaction. It's still bad that they have it. Could it be used to potentially change voter tallies? Maybe not in so much as a direct attack on voter machines, where, as you hear me say it time and time again, an attack through the wires. Now, there's an interesting series on HBO, and I've been watching it through HBO Max, called Agents of Chaos. And the first episode was just a couple hours, I think. I mean, it's a fairly long episode where they really get into depth about the Russia capability, the their troll farm, the Petersburg Internet Research Agency, and the connections to Putin and the GRU. And, I mean, they really do an excellent job breaking things down, kind of setting things up about what's happening. Now, there may be a bit of a political bent if you're looking at this thing from a U.S. perspective. But, I mean, a little bit there, and maybe it could be my, be my bias that's pointing that out. But I think overall, when you look at it from a real journalistic standpoint, I think they do a, a decent job of not making it too much about, well, orange man bad, i.e. Um, President Trump. But there is a lot of information. They talked to at least one individual who worked there. They've got some behind-the-scenes video of what was going on. And it, what started out as kind of an unsophisticated operation, once the government, uh, the Russian government, really got involved, they have been able to do some really, really scary things. Ukraine, Crimea, and the propaganda there. And then what they've been able to do here in the U.S., sowing distrust and and both sides of the spectrum. They're, they're really sowing a lot of discord in our country. And I have said it many, many times from a value proposition. What is easier to do? What is and also less expensive to do? Is it easier to get a, you know, 30 people to generate false content and use the algorithms from social media to amplify it and to really then start getting this social distrust and discourse going? Or is it you know, through the wires type of an attack, which the way that our voting system set up is very decentralized, which makes it very, very difficult to attack. Now, same philosophy can go in either on the, the social media disinformation side where you target key areas that could have, again, more bang for the buck from a changing voter registrations through a technical means, as well as going through certain areas like Detroit and Atlanta that were specifically talked about in this Agents of Chaos documentary. But it's still very difficult in our setup to do a direct through-the-wires attack. Not saying it's not possible, but again, we're looking at this from a cost-benefit analysis standpoint. And I have said that it is you get more bang for your buck doing a disinformation 
type of campaign than through the wires. Now, in comparison to Ukraine, where they have a central voting system and, and a nationalized voting system and, and process, it's a lot easier to, to make the, an attack. And they actually show that one of the fascists that was running for president of Ukraine they were able to hack the system to show that he won, which also went into some of the social media disinformation campaign that they were promoting about how fascist Ukraine was, which is very similar to what they're doing here in the U.S. So very, very fascinating, and it, it directly ties into this article. And I, I will stop here and, and play a little bit of the, if not the whole thing, I mean end up stopping about halfway through adding some commentary, but I'm going to play the video from the press conference. Alert the public that we have identified that two foreign actors, Iran and Russia, have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to our elections. First, we have confirmed that some voter registration information has been obtained by Iran and separately by Russia. This data can be used by foreign actors to attempt to communicate false information to registered voters that they hope will cause confusion, sow chaos, and undermine your confidence in American democracy. To that end, we have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest, and damage President Trump. You may have seen some reporting on this in the last 24 hours, or you may have even been one of the recipients of those emails. Additionally, Iran is distributing other content to include a video that implies that individuals could cast fraudulent ballots, even from overseas. This video and any claims about such allegedly fraud, fraudulent ballots are not true. So so let me stop there real quick. So as you heard from DNI John Ratcliffe, that's Director of National Intelligence, the direct correlation in the voter registration data isn't meant to again a to be a direct attack through the wires on the election systems, the voting systems. It's really to be used so they get these profiles on us, know what makes us tick, know what our inclinations are, using machine learning and, and some deep uh, predictive analytics and, and, and stuff like that, that they will craft these messages to really invoke that emotional response in one way or another. Much more effective, in my opinion to do this type of campaign than it is, again, a through-the-wires attack. Again, and from a, a act of war standpoint, there's, oh, how can I, I put this, the, the rules of engagement, for, for lack of a better term, on what can be declared an act of war when it comes to cyberspace. It, there's still some muddied waters, and I think even as we've shown as a country, it is part of our arsenal, but what does a direct attack, an overt attack on our election system from a foreign actor, what type of response will that 
elicit from us. And, and so there's some strategy about what you use from an overt standpoint versus a covert method like this dif- disinformation. And, and even then, I, and I use, I break it down into overt, covert, and put this different disinformation uh, in that category. Whereas, you know, it, it's not a direct attack. It's really a indirect manipulation of things using information versus a, you know, direct cyber attack. So, uh, you know, uh, it is scary. This is something that the experts and even myself have been saying, this is going to happen. It's just not, it's not a matter of if it is, it's a matter of when I know that NSA, CIA, the DOD from their capabilities and what they're monitoring is, is pretty powerful. And I know the writer of the article, uh, article uh, excuse me, man, I, if I can talk, get brains still on vacation. <laughs> so, but in, in that second paragraph, in a rare and hastily called evening briefing, you know, that is something I, I, from a, a strategy standpoint from the Trump campaign or administration, I should say, is they are being very open and transparent about their findings. We did not find out about a lot of this stuff in 2016 until after the fact. There, outside of a couple of voter registration things that happened in August of 2016, but I think it's it, it is very important from a political strategy standpoint that Trump and his administration get this out in the public purview as soon as they can and as safely as they can without doing damage to how he got this information. But I I applaud them from getting this for them getting this information out when they did. So let's let's play the last minute or so of the press conference and then we'll we'll be close to wrapping it up or wrapping up this episode. So here we go. These actions are desperate attempts by desperate adversaries. Even if the adversaries pursue further attempts to intimidate or attempt to undermine voter confidence, know that our election systems are resilient and you can be confident your votes are secure. Although we have not seen the same actions from Russia, we are aware that they have obtained some voter information just as they did in 2016. Rest assured that we are prepared for the possibility of actions by those hostile to democracy. The great women and men of the intelligence community caught this activity immediately, and our colleagues at FBI and DHS acted swiftly in response to this threat. We are standing before you now to give you the confidence that we are on top of this and providing you with the most powerful weapon we have to combat these efforts, the truth. So, again, was a little bit ahead of what he was saying, so I I do applaud them for getting this out there. Uh, We'll provide a link to this particular article. It's got some additional data that, really won't go through on here again because we want to kind of keep this in consumable, easy to understand segments and not go super long. 
<laughs> so, uh, but there's some other interesting stuff that's happening. Some fake emails um, from the Proud Boys that they talk about in here. It's just, it's something that we need to be concerned about. And really, I think towards the end of the article here is we need to be careful not to spread this misinformation because that's what they're hoping is that whatever that they're putting out will trigger that emotional response and that will be quick to like and share, oh, you know, how dare the Biden campaign do this or how dare Trump do this or blah, 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 blah. They want that out there. They want to sow the disconnect you know, sow those pieces of discontent and divide us even further. When we put out that misinformation, we are doing their jobs for them and we're making it easier. So let's not make it easy on them. Let's take some time. Calm down. Don't get irritated. Don't get mad. Because honestly, it doesn't matter who the president is. They're really not going to have the effect on your life that you, that you think they will have on you. So we got to calm down, you know, take a chill pill and, and just relax a little bit. So anyway, that's it for the show. I'm going to key the music and until then be cyber smart, be cyber safe. And we will talk to you next time around.